and welcome to another episode of the Job of Isakos podcast. My name is Dr. Andreas Voss and together with Dr. Manos Briliakis, we are more than happy to have Dr. Dahur from Qatar with us today, who is working at the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the Aspeta Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Hospital in Doha. In this episode, we will talk about his recently published state-of-the-art review in the Journal of Ecosos about isolated meniscus injuries in skeletal immature children and adolescents. Hi, Peter, and thank you for your time to join our podcast. Uh, maybe you can tell us a few words about your clinical and scientific background. Hi, Andreas. Hi, Manos. Thanks for the kind uh, introduction and uh, a pleasure to join you in this wonderful podcast. Um, Myself, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, basically focusing on arthroscopic treatment of knee, foot and ankle um, pathology. And I'm an, uh, originally from Belgium, working in the Middle East. My uh, research is mainly on ankle pathology and uh, I'm very uh, proud to be part of the Ezekos family as a chair of the Young Professional Task Force and previous chair of the Leg Ankle Foot Committee. Um, beside from the clinical uh, classic pathway within orthopedic surgery. I also hold a PhD and an MBA, so I like the managerial part of the medical profession as well. That's in a nutshell who I think I can, uh, I can present myself to. Perfect, thank you. Coming back to your uh, publication, what was your motivation for this state-of-the-art review? Well, the motivation is, of course, that we want to help and share knowledge and change the world altogether, right? Uh, but in this case, the particular article uh, came to life thanks to, let's say, the clinical background. From clinical cases, we had an 11-year-old male football player with a bilateral discoid meniscus, of which the medial one was torn. And we wanted to look into the literature because we thought, how, to, how are we going to manage this? And the literature was so scarce on it that Uh, we decided to look into it and that became the instigator of this uh, article together with the fact that we kind of thought it was fun to link up with three continents together which is Latin America, Europe and Middle East Africa and uh, especially because two of my co-authors Dr. Gustavo Vinagre and Dr. Flavio Cruz um, were part of our uh, Young Professional Task Force ISACRUS committee as members. Perfect. That sounds interesting. And do you see any difference between treating meniscal injuries in skeletal immature children and adolescents and adults? Oh, very much. You can think about different things like alignment. In the younger people, we think about epiphysiodesis to change alignment as a combined measure in order to reduce the load on the meniscal problems versus the osteotomy is more likely in the adults. We think about age. For example, uh, we know that the younger population has an increased potential towards meniscal healing. Also, we know that there's more, more association with ACL injuries when we have meniscal pathology in young aged um, population. We also know, for example, that doing an X-ray in a younger population makes a lot of sense uh, because there's quite a lot, a combination with osteochondral defects, patellar subluxations and physial fractures, uh, like also the flattening of the femoral condyle in discoid menisci. So um, in, the, in the younger population, the MRI has a much lower sensitivity and specificity for detecting meniscal injuries compared to adults. 
and that is due to the increased vascularization in the area with an increased enhancement on MRI, so it can be more blurry. And of course, you also have the location where in a younger population, the meniscal tears present more in the red, red zone, as we call it, in the more vascularized zone, which makes them more prone for repair. So these are a few uh, topics that we could identify within the article review in order to know that the child is not a young adult, but is a very different type of um, population to look into and to tackle. And coming back to the meniscus, uh, discoid meniscus, what is the discoid meniscus role in the pathophysiology of meniscus tears? Well, that's of course an, uh, a specific topic that we discussed in the, in the article. We know that the adult morphology of a discoid meniscus is reached by approximately the age of 10. And we know that the prevalence is still unknown. Huh? They remain quite asymptomatic during childhood. And there is a range of 0.4 to 20% prevalence. So that's, that's too broad to say that we really know what's going on. Now, when you look at the pathophysiology, and, and, and the way we deal with these discoid meniscus, we, we first need to know what's going on. And um, for example, we know that the lateral discoid meniscus is more associated with ACL injuries. So you really have to see it from a combined perspective. And we know that these discoid menisci are more prone to tears. That is because the reduced vascularization and abnormal morphology. We know, for example, that uh, the size makes a big a big change yeah? they're thicker they're less vascularized they're more like a disc shape instead of a semilunar shape they cover more tibio plateau area and uh, if you have a horizontal cleavage in a in a child a meniscus of less than 10 years old all types are possible but you have to raise the suspicion of a discoid meniscus for sure and if you look at the histology we know that there's a decreased collagen fibers in these discoid meniscus with more irregularly oriented uh, fiber uh, orientation, call it, to tackle the hoop stresses. So that discoid meniscus has, has some specificities within the meniscal tear pathology uh, horizon of the young, uh, young adult. Thank you. And you also showed us the risk factors associated with meniscus injuries. What are your recommendations according to a review for a prevention or a prevention program? Well, that's of course a very, very important topic because if we can prevent it, we can uh, reduce a lot of load, not only on the, on the patient uh, problems itself and the career and the, and the social impact, but also the financial impact for the, for the governmental issues. So what would be recommendations for prevention? Well, of course, we know that specific sports are more prone for meniscal injuries in our youngsters, such, such as soccer, basketball, ski, wrestling, and so on. So a change of sport is something that should be in the, in the discussion with the patient and the, 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 the parents. We also know that the injury rate is higher during competition, so we have to make sure that our youngsters have a reasonable load of competition and also an, a possibility to be able to perform in variable amount of sports and not focus on just one. Um, we also know that the coaching style could be, could be a very important preventative measure because we know that the meniscal tears in our youngsters um, 
appear with an increased time and increased intensity and an earlier single sports participation. So that can be important in the external variables that we can tackle. Also the high BMI, the varus mechanical axis, uh, the combined cartilage lesions and the combined meniscal extrusions uh, present with the worst outcomes. So these are all things we can consider, but uh, the most important probably is the fact that we know that an ACL combined injury is an alarm sign because we might have to deal with uh, these youngsters earlier because a delayed ACL reconstruction can give all the major problems as well as we know actually uh, over the years. And then there's the, the geographical differences where the Asian population has a higher prevalence, especially with the discoid menisci. So many things to consider of which some are intrinsic but the extrinsic ones are the ones we want to tackle, of course, in, 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 because we can change them easier. Perfect. Thank you. And what is your take home message, respectively? Did the review change your clinical practice in some way? Well, yes. Um, when, when we had the chance to, to build that article based upon that clinical question we had, the idea was that it would have an impact for us physicians uh, to do a better job in these rare but important cases. And uh, we know that when we look at the clinical, clinical practice changes, thanks to the article, that we need to tackle the ACL in an early stage. Yeah? The ACL can be the primary stabilizer for the knee. The meniscus is the secondary stabilizer. So the combination of menisci and ACL is a hot topic for the early uh, or the young athlete or the young patient with a meniscal tear. And as I said, a child is not a young adult. The whole algorithm is different when you compare versus the adults. So you cannot bring the adult algorithm of treatment to the younger. And that is something that might be the, the take home message for today. And of course, there's always a need for further research uh, on the replacement techniques, the scaffolds, the transplants, the role of orthobiologics in the future. But in a nutshell, the message from the article is the child is not a young adult. We have to treat it with the specifications that a child meniscal tear presents with. Thank you, Peter. And uh, thank you for your time to present uh, your article in our podcast series. And uh, we are very happy to have you on, on, on board. And we're looking forward to your um, next uh, publication and uh, hopefully uh, to have you back on our next podcast. Our pleasure, uh, Andreas, and I would like to thank my co-authors, Gustavo Vinagre, Flavio Cruz, and Khaled Al-Khalefi for a real wonderful team-up uh, in this article. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isacos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.